Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. Or 833-694-7529 and leave your question. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hello again and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCA. MFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Lori. Adam, good to see you. Good to see you as well. We're starting off talking about boundaries today. Sexual sexual and relationship boundaries. This is a fun conversation for me, in part because I think it is a huge individual and couple growth area. Right. I think you get boundaries right. You get a lot else right. Right. Um, in your relationship. How do, you, how do you define boundaries in general, healthy boundaries? So I think it has to be something that's explicit and agreed upon. Although the, the problem is, is people bump up against boundary problems right. with, you know, and you don't really know that they were going to be there until you're right up against one. And it's like, ooh, yeah. that feels like it's too much one way or the other. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I, I'd like to play devil's advocate a little bit because sometimes there are some people and we know who you are, distancers, you know, that when you talk about setting boundaries, all they hear is you want to control me, hmm. you know, so. You think boundaries feel a lot like rules? I think boundaries feel like rules and control to people that are more distancing. Like, don't yeah. don't put your value system on me. Yeah. But I think boundaries, though, when they're – and I think most people don't know what they are. Uh-huh. Like I don't think they Describe have a really, for us a, a good boundary. I think boundaries are anything that makes something distinct. 
right? Okay. If you think of boundaries of a country, right, or a state, um, or even a city, like it's the, it's something that marks something as different than another thing, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we're in Raleigh, so the city of Raleigh has boundary markers that where Raleigh turns into, you cross that boundary, right? And you're in, you're in something else that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so boundaries, personal boundaries, individual boundaries are boundaries that mark me distinct from somebody else, okay. right? And a lot of times, most of the times, they, there, are, there are physical boundaries. I, we have physical space, right? Boundaries that we are comfortable with. I'm, cl- I'm comfortable with people being so close to me or that's different right. that you may feel com- more comfortable with people being right up in your face um, having a conversation, whereas I may want people to stand you know, a foot away from me, right, right or further. So there's personal a, space boundaries. Right. That's a that's a really natural one that I yeah. think we all identify with. Yeah, we you can know that one. You know, hugging. Maybe I'm yeah. more I'm more of a hugger than you are, or other people Doubtful. are. Doubtful. Right. You can think about those, but I think it gets harder to translate when we're talking about emotional boundaries. Yes. Right. So and in, relational boundaries. And relational boundaries. So I have distinct boundaries that I, of things that I'm okay with. My family's emotional boundaries, we were okay with talking over each other, for instance, mm-hmm. right? My wife's, my wife's family was not okay with that. And they're not mm-hmm. okay with talking over each other or being loud with each other. They're going to talk. They're not going to be as um, loud. And that's, if I'm okay with that, right, then I'm saying that my so boundaries— So that's okay when I always interrupt you? Yes. That's totally okay. <laughs> it like, just it, is exciting and we're just talking right. and the whole thing rolls. Right. But, okay, if it's, uh, but if it's my wife, for instance, she's not going to be okay with that. Yeah. Then you talk about, like, relational boundaries. What I'm basically saying, what are the—they what are kind of rules of relationship, but they're mutually agreed upon. Okay. What What are—what am I okay with? What are you okay with? And how do we, how do we negotiate that? To what we're what we're okay with, and and they again they make us distinct, right? Mm-hmm. It makes our relationship distinct from other relationships. It defines it as different from other relationships. It defines me as different from other people individually, but as a couple, it's going. Our boundaries are going to say this is what we are okay with, and this is what we're not okay with, and it defines us as unique and different from from other couples, right? Right, and I think I mean certainly our podcast is pitched. Two couples who are concerned about fidelity and monogamy. Yeah. Um, so that is a really big boundary. Right. And often, though, I would say defined differently. Yeah. You know, by couples. Like, Absolutely. what violates that and what they consider. I mean, this we get a lot of questions about this, and certainly we do a lot of clinical work yeah. around people who think, well, you know, yeah, it's monogamous, but, you know, just because I kissed this person or went to this strip club or watched porn or I mean mm. they have different value sets in terms of yeah. how that's defined. It's going to vary from couple to couple but that is the type of stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Most of the time in monogamous committed relationships you're talking about the physical act of intercourse mm-hmm. um, is something is only with each other like that's a boundary that you draw. Right. And most of the time what's interesting to me is that people don't always even say that out loud uh-huh. <laughs> to each other right. It's just assumed that if we're in a married monogamous relationship we're not going to have sex um, with other people, but that uh-huh. is one of the clearest boundaries, wouldn't you say? Sure. That sure. That couples that couples draw. That with would each other. definitely be my understanding. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> right, and then but then you go into those other areas that you were talking about, and people are going to hold different things, mm-hmm. and so they may may feel like, for instance, I had a I had a couple one time who the man inv- invited a female coworker over to their house when the wife wasn't there and they they were in the video game industry and so they were playing video games together and she he did not think that that was a boundary cross 
of their monogamous relationship, but she certainly did Mm -hmm. um, and was really, really upset by it, even though she agreed that nothing physical had happened between them and nothing romantic was happening between them. That was a boundary cross for her that there had been a woman, another woman alone in their house. So um, boundaries are more than just absolutes. They're also things that are safekeeping Safe keepers, right? Things that keep us in the direction toward fidelity and monogamy, not necessarily just absolutes. And I think it becomes, you know, you could spend a lot of time trying to define all these for a long time. And this couple, it sounds like they bumped up against it. And suddenly she's like, whoa, that to me is not a safe behavior that leads to, you know, you keeping your commitment to me, I feel real anxious about this. And he was like, what's the big deal? She's a colleague. We're just playing video games. Right. Really different sets of understanding about it. And and they had to, I imagine, resolve that by deciding what the boundary was. And, and I think that's where a lot of the issues come in, though, is because their negotiation of the boundaries in their relationship was really difficult for them. They didn't mm-hmm. know how to do that. They were arguing over the specific thing that happened rather than what's the boundary in our relationship, what's okay and what's not. I mean, sometimes you have to define that specifically, but a lot of times I think people get too focused on this particular boundary cross as opposed to this felt really violating to me. And let's Mm -hmm. let's talk about why that is. Mm -hmm. Right. It may have been just because she didn't know it was happening. Right. That it was that uh, her boundary is more. I don't want to be surprised by the relationship these are things that we clear up with each other before they happen right that may be that may be the boundary Mm -hmm. versus that it's just that there was somebody you know alone in their in their house together it may be more i just want to know or it may be i don't want you having platonic friendships with members of the opposite sex right right which is a whole nother one which then you have to go into negotiating that but i think couples have a hard time negotiating where those are because they get and they get locked into they their get positions. locked in don't they because of a deep feeling mm-hmm. a deep fear right. of somehow or another this behavior that you've done is going to lead to the breakup of our relationship yes. and I'm going to be abandoned and so that feeling of abandonment is what grips people I think mm-hmm. and rather than an open discussion I I noted even as you were talking about it you said Adam you know this is a violation. And I think that people sometimes talk about sort of minor infractions in their relationship, you know, when clearly they haven't even agreed on or discussed these things. Yep. And they start out with really powerful language like that. Yeah. You, know, you have violated my trust. And it's like, whoa, I just had a colleague over to play video games. You know, it's it wasn't even a trust issue in his heart or mind sure. or even close. Maybe, you know, he wasn't at all attracted to her or whatever. But – like sometimes what we want to do is definitely start these conversations in ways that lead to open discussion and trying to figure it out before we bring in big, powerful words like right. you have gone against our marital vows by doing this. Well, sure. I, I think if you're going to take it, if you're going to catastrophize it, that's one thing. Yeah. But I do think like for her, it felt like a violation. Maybe it uh-huh. felt like a and I think probably more if you got to the root of it, it felt like a threat to their relationship. Yes. I right? feel threatened. I feel threatened by this. My, uh-huh. my, this is, I, and maybe I don't even know why, but it's like the boundary. The boundary was set, it was crossed, and it seems to threaten the relationship. I think that's what happens in an affair, right? And an affair yes. is a is a violation because it destroys that boundary, mm-hmm. right? It it breaks it breaks it apart, and yes. it has to be rebuilt and redefined. Here, in that in a, in a case like having a colleague over. 
it feels more like a bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that boundary gets threatened. And so then we, if it happens to me and I feel really threatened, I have a hard time knowing how to then clearly state what my boundary is go and go about enforcing that and getting agreement. Yes. And so I think for the other person, it's helpful to know this feels like a threat to me, but for me to still be open to talking about it and to maybe it wasn't as big a violation to them yeah, as it was to me. I'm, I'm really picking on your language today, Adam, okay. because I'm, I'm thinking about some of my patients. You said, you know, how would I go about enforcing this boundary? And it's like... Ooh, that that feels like language that is oriented toward control versus language that is oriented toward mutuality. And I know you. I know you as a clinician. I know that's not what you're meaning, but I think you're representing what people say, mm-hmm. you know, that they, okay, well, what happens now if I can't make them do that? Uh, and I think that's, right? what, that's what I hear a lot. But yeah. I, w- I would say that that's part of knowing how to be a well-boundaried individual mm-hmm. is knowing how to enforce my boundaries without it feeling like control. Enforce my boundaries, not yes. your boundaries. That's exactly right. Yeah, I'm not exactly. trying to get you. Love to, that. I'm not trying to get you to do something. But I, I think we should come back and talk about more okay. about that because I think it's an important distinction. Because it's not, it is not enforcing a rule that my rule that I'm now saying this has to be a part of our relationship. Sure. But it's saying. Um, and I have a good, I have a good story for you. Okay, I'll, I'll okay, good. We'll be right back. Uh, for Play Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Let's talk about when the ex is back in town, Facebook friends, friends that have different values, things like that. And we'll be right back. So, Adam, we're going to do a new thing. We are going to offer a link to Patreon on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, which is foreplayrst.com, for people who are really interested in helping us develop deeper, you know, more interesting podcasts and also offer resources to them. Yeah, Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We know that several of you have been real supportive of us, and we hope you would consider being financially supportive as well. Right, because we're running practices and families, and we need time really to do more, something like a webinar. We'd like to do some worksheets for you. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide to you as our listeners, dive deeper into the questions you have, offer more practical steps for you to have the best possible relationship. So we're looking for some patrons. We appreciate already the love, the emails that you send. All of that is great. So if you love listening to us, you can find out how to support us by going to our website, foreplayrst.com. Thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate it. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue. People will fly in maybe on a Friday and we'll do three hours usually, get them acclimated, kind of set a direction. And then on Saturday, we usually do four or five hours and Sunday morning, four or five hours as well. Compared to weekly therapy, I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long work. 
and also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At MatthewsCounseling.net, we strive to help make the first step easy. There, you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist. You'll also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience. We offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone, so the first step is at no cost to you. Give us a call at 919-587-8018 or again, find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. So we're back talking about boundaries. Uh, Yeah, and I I love this subject because I think it's such a a good one. And, And we were talking about before how to enforce your boundaries yes. right in a way that doesn't feel like control or and that's the thing boundaries are not controlling boundaries don't tell somebody else what to do um, and they're not wrapped up in getting something from the other person right what your boundaries do is say this is what i'm okay with this is what i'm not okay with and then dealing with it when if somebody violates those or yeah. if somebody crosses those maybe that's a better word than violate is that they cross your boundary yeah i don't know if you know who Kristen bell is do you know Kristen who is she, bell. She's an actress, mm-hmm. right? But she's married oh, to yeah. this guy named Dak Shepard. And they they yeah, have beautiful. they they talk about all the time. They have some great stuff. They go to therapy all the time. They go to couples therapy all the oh, time. Oh, isn't that cool? And so they talk about it a lot. I saw a video of her talking about some of their experiences in couples therapy and what they had to learn in that. And one of the things that she talks about is that she would, when they would have fights, she would dramatically leave, slam the door, get in her car and spin the tires out, squeal them out. And then she would go like around the corner and just sit there and wait, Mm -hmm. right. As a way to just like show him. Right. Mm -hmm. She talks about how he came to her and said, like she would, after a few times of her doing this, um, he would come to her and say, this is not okay with me. He said, I want to talk about a way to do this differently. He said, I respect myself too much for that to continue to happen. And he was open enough to talk about how he wanted things to change. And they came up with a plan together. It's like maybe next time she talked about how um, this was just built into her name. She just did this and felt like she had to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And so they talked about, well, maybe you can go outside or you can leave the room, but you can't peel out of the drive. You can't leave the the premises, the 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 house or whatever it is. And they talked about how to negotiate that and and down to where something they were both agree with. But I love the phrase, I respect myself too much. Right. For allow this. I think to that let this go on. I think that is a it's not a it's not enforcing like you have to do it this way, but it's saying I am not okay with this and I'm so much okay with it that it's not gonna push me out of the relationship right now, but if it kept going, it would eventually mean that I couldn't I couldn't stay in the relationship. Right. So so with a boundary, I mean we have to kind of think through what our reaction might be if there's a violation. Right. There's that word again. So easy. You know, or if there's a crossing of that boundary. Yep. 
and it could be anything. We, we want as best we can to have a measured response. When, our, right. when we have an agreement with somebody and they cross that boundary, um, we want to have a measured response to that because a lot of people just say, okay, I'm done. I'm out of the yeah, marriage. I'm quit. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave you. And, and they're using that bomb every single time. Yes. This, this is crazy, but I, I see couples and sometimes no matter what the difference is, I mean, it could just be a difference. Like, you know, what is this? You know, I, I guess I'm just going to have to leave you because you don't do it my way. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, so you want to have that's a, controlling. A, that's controlling. Yeah. And, and you want to have a sense of what you would do if your partner does something that, you know, is against what you've agreed on. So let's say, let's just take one. Yep. What happens when the old flame is in town? Yeah. You know, does love ever die? Yeah. Are you saying, should that be a boundary or? Yeah, should, you know, and your partner says, hey, you know, Janie's in town. I'd like to see her. How, you know, where's the agreement? Let, let's let's work that through. Like, what would be the compromise? What's this sense in that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think it's hard because I do think it has to do with what you're comfortable with. Right. Right. So I mean, every couple may have an individual different boundary. We're not going to tell you at foreplay yeah. the right and wrong way you should negotiate this. Yeah. And I do think you have to like the X thing, not just on well, they're in town and I want to see them personally. I think a lot of times now it's they're on social Facebook. media, they're on Facebook. They're making contact that way. Mm-hmm. To me, there's a boundary about secretive relationships, mm-hmm. right? I think that's that's one that to me would be fair, would be fairly obvious that I think would benefit the health of the couple if they had a boundary around no relationship, nothing I do with a, with somebody else is going to be a secret from you, right? right? So if I'm going to have lunch with an ex, I'm going to we're going to talk about it, and and I'm going to respect if it feels like a threat to you. Right. If it feels like a threat to my spouse for me to go have lunch with a ex-girlfriend, then it should at least default, don't you think, to whether that that person is comfortable with that or not? Yeah. Or a discussion or you invite the I mean, there's ways to negotiate it. Maybe you invite your spouse with you or you get together now as couples, not as, you know, one on one. But I mean, some people could be totally comfortable with that. Yeah. You want to go see Susie's in town? Go for it, honey. You know, because you know that. In the end, it was so bad that he's never going back and, you know, or maybe they weren't that sexual and so there's no sexual threat or – and it's so open and your partner tells you everything about and is a good reporter and detailed Mm -hmm. reporter and so you're you're wildly comfortable. So there's no right or wrong way to negotiate it. But there is a sense of being aware that certain things probably do need to be talked about. I I think too the Facebook – the old flame on Facebook – you know, it used to be that when your partner went home for the high school reunion, that that was a hotbed of affairs. Yeah. But now Facebook is in the eternal high school reunion or college reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you're always available to those people. And, you know, you can secret message them and all that. And, I, I mean, I think it's more problematic, I think, to have right. those people as your friends, especially if it's somebody who maybe inappropriately contacts your partner and says, hey, you know, I'm – um, just wondering how you're doing. Yeah. If your partner tells you that, I mean, that's first of all a really good sign, right? Yeah. They're open. You know, I just want you to know my ex-girlfriend contacted me. First of all, I think those are the people you trust more, right? Because they're open. It's it's discovery of that. Like, hey, I've been having a con- I noticed on Facebook you've been having a conversation with your ex. What's that about? And then the person says, oh, you know, I didn't think anything about it. I didn't tell you. It's like, hello, you know. You got to be thinking about that. I think that there's when 
boundaries because they are defining of the relationship. When you find yourself doing things with somebody else, mm-hmm. right, that are supposed to be inside the boundary of your relationship with your mm-hmm. partner, right? That's where I think the the cross starts to come in. Sure. So right. if you start to be sharing your inner struggle, yes, with you know a friend, an opposite sex friend, yes, and you're not sharing equally with your partner, and it be, because sharing develops an intimacy, right? And I yeah. think in adulthood, it's very difficult to um, define, to, to figure out the line between emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. And I think that happens physically as well, too. I've had, I have lots of couples who they're doing things physically with somebody else that would very clearly, in my mind anyway, be something that should be... Re- so like... Um, you would have a member of the opposite sex sitting on your lap, for instance, right? Gracious, right, yeah. and you're just having a conversation with them, or you're being physical and playful with them in a way, even in at work, that starts to define that relationship as being different than a friendship, right? Right, right. Um, and I think those are the type of things that you have to you have to be aware of. Some people that were that have told slap me so, and tickle, pro- yeah. probably goes beyond, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, sending private jokes. Um, over, you know, Facebook or text, right? Or texting, right? Yeah, texting that, a sexy innuendo. Yeah. That's, it's like you're you're leaning into the relationship in an intimate, more sexual way yeah. than probably is going to benefit your marriage or your commitment. Yeah, and I think that it, we may not necessarily call them, call that infidelity at some times, right? I don't think it would be, there's a lot of things like that that may not be technically infidelity but they are infidelity light you know they're they're <laughs> they're they're like you said they're it's leaning setting into a that trend a, perhaps yeah it may even possibly set you up mm-hmm. um for an affair which may not be what you're even wanting at all yeah um, you may not even be have that in mind but it may be setting you up for something but let's um, let's talk about it from the distance or side and mm-hmm. who says look at you know i do not want to have to check in with my partner every time an ex-girlfriend contacts me. That's ridiculous. I am just friends with these women. I've always stayed friends with these women. I'm not going to report on that. Yeah. What and would you say? What would I say? I would say, well, I mean, I think there does, on on their side, there has to be some boundaries about trust, about what is, about being able to extend trust mm-hmm. um, to each other in that. But at the same time, like, you can't continue to act like you're in a you're you're a single person mm-hmm. that doesn't that your your actions don't have repercussions for your committed relationship. Yeah, I think one of the first tasks are, are a very important early developmental task is to form a we. Yeah, this is about us, and yeah. so that there is a part that we think of a third entity. There's me. There's you. There's us, mm-hmm. and that we give it equal weight. Yes. And we think about, you know what, in order to be married or in order to have this commitment, I also have to think about my individual actions as impacting that. Mm. So I have to ask myself, you know, could this possibly, could I possibly, could it be misinterpreted? Could I Mm. possibly be tempted? You know, like, yeah, it's so great to see all my exes, you know, from Texas (laughs) at any time of day or night, you know, and I feel totally clean about my boundaries. But does my partner know that? Yes. I mean, maybe a conversation, right, that says, hey, I just want you to know I've always stayed girlfriends, you know, friends with my girlfriends. It's never been an issue. I've never gone back to anybody. Uh, once I'm done, I'm totally done. You know, are you kosher with that? Are you comfortable with that? 
I mean, maybe something like that, just so that you're clear right in the beginning versus your partner becoming surprised and then it feeling like a secret that you kept from them. Yeah. I think this this openness allows for more leeway. It's it's kind of like the difference between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. Absolutely. The spirit of the law says, I'm concerned and committed to the we, to us, and to building that up and keeping any of my be- individual behaviors from something that would jeopardize that behavior. I think that's the key to me. Or jeopardize that relationship. Yeah, well, and I think it would jeopardize the security of that relationship. Mm -hmm. That relationship has to feel secure and safe for both people. Right. right? And so it can't be something that's where you're micromanaged and every – Situ- every move that you make right, that is scrutinized. Right, because that can feel so controlling. Uh. Yes, it's not controlling, but it's respect for each other. So yes. if I say, I've always kept in touch with my exes, it's not a big deal to me. I know I know my boundaries. Do you feel okay with it? If, if my partner says, um, no, I don't, that's really hurtful to me, I have to have a profound respect for that. Right. right, that it doesn't make them feel safe. So that doesn't mean that any anything that my partner offers up as a solution, well, you should never talk to another woman ever again. I don't have to agree to that. I'm not going to say, okay, I'll never do that just because you feel hurt by that. But right. we're going to say, okay, let's talk about that because that feels really that feels overly controlling to me. What would be a safe compromise that would make you still feel secure and respect your um, your need for that not to happen to to feel threatened? Um, how do I help make you feel secure in this? Yes, um, and setting boundaries better? is ripe territory for the power struggle, for Absolutely. the pursuer distancer stuff to emerge, one person to feel too controlled. And certainly we've all dealt with, you know, both of us have dealt with patients who we think are too controlling, mm. you know, and we've dealt with people who we think, you know, are too distancing. They're not forthcoming enough with information to make their partner feel that security. Yeah. This, I, I feel like we could keep talking because there's so many examples we didn't talk about, especially the friends with different values. I think yep. we need to do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Um, I hear that one come up all the time. You know, okay, my partner's got these friends who, you know, they're ladies and they go out on lady night and they do all this wild stuff. And I'm just not sure I'm so comfortable with that. Or my guy has a friend who uses drugs or, you know, gets drunk a lot and then they go pick up women. And, you know, my husband is with them. He's not picking up women, but I feel uncomfortable about that. So. Yep. Let's come back another time. Uh, for Play Radio Sex Therapy, this is sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Remember, you can now call in your questions to the Four Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY, the number four, play. Leave your question and we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. 